Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. 1 Chronicles 4 verse 10 says this, And Jabez called on the God of Israel. What did he say? This is his prayer. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Number one, he prayed for the blessing of God over his life. Never underestimate the power of God's blessing over your life. Every single one of us need the blessing of God to operate at maximum potential within our life. Without his blessing, we're running on our own strength and abilities. We need that blessing. And the example that Jabez gave us in this incredible one-verse prayer was that he knew he had to ask for it. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Jabez somehow knew how important the blessing of God was over. It's not just... Somebody sneezes, and you go, bless you. We, we minimize the power of this word of blessing. It's got incredible power over our lives when the favor and the blessing of God comes into our life. And we now have it, not through our works, not through our pedigree, but we have it through God's Son. It belongs to us. It's part of our inheritance now. How wonderful is that? And then he prays this prayer that I call living large for God. He says, enlarge my territory. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Enlarge my territory. In other words, Jabez was saying, I'm not born for minimal influence. I'm born for maximum influence. My life doesn't have to remain small. My life can be significant. And I've got to be bold enough to ask God for enlargement. To expand the influence of my life. Wherever God has placed me and positioned me. And then he goes on to pray that your hand would be with me. The hand of the Lord. All the way through the Bible. And the hand of the Lord came upon him. And the hand of the Lord came upon Deborah. And the hand of the Lord was upon the apostles. Wow. This is a powerful prayer, people. This is a powerful prayer. And then he prays something very, very significant at the end of it. He says that you would keep me from evil. Did you know Jesus taught us to pray a similar prayer? Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. It's a prayer to preempt the strategies of the devil against your life. Where the devil has plans for evil, not for good. God has plans for good, not for evil. But the devil has plans for evil, not for good. And we counteract those plans by learning how to preempt and pray that God's hand would be there to keep us from the evil one. Amen? To lead us away from temptation, not towards temptation. To run in the opposite direction. Like Joseph did when Potiphar's wife grabbed a hold of him and wanted to lust after him. The Bible says that Joseph let her have his jacket. Better for her to have his jacket 
than to be giving away his soul for sex. And he ran in the opposite direction. Paul wrote to Timothy, flee youthful lusts. Wow. We're starting to get a picture here of why this prayer is so powerful. And last of all, he says that I may not cause pain. Why did he pray that prayer? Because his name literally by definition meant pain. Jabez's mother had a difficult birth. She was possibly going through a lot of interesting but challenging times within her life. And when she gave birth to him, it was such a painful experience for her that she called her child a pain. Jabez, you pain. And so Jabez is beginning to recognize the power of labels. Have you been labeled in your life? Has there been labels placed across you even from a young child? You'll never amount to anything. You're never going to do any good. You're only this, you're only that. Where people have tried to pre-label your life. Did you know that the Bible says that words have a powerful effect? There's life and death in the power of the spoken word. Amen this morning. Your words have incredible power. So Jabez said in himself, he said, I'm not receiving that I'm going to cause pain and be a pain to other people. But Lord, that you would cause my life to be free of pain and not to be a pain to others. You ever prayed that prayer? Help me not to be a pain to my wife. <laughs> Amen, sister. Amen. Preach it, she says. Praise God. And you know what the remarkable thing is? So God granted him his request. God's into answering these prayers, people. So I want to encourage you today as we delve into this. It'll be a possibly shorter message. I always say possibly shorter. It's probably going to be the same time. I shouldn't curse myself like that. So enlarge my territory. Have you ever looked at your life and asked this question, surely I was born for more than this? Come on now. Surely I was born for more than this. This is not minimalizing your current status of life. But this is saying that there's room for expansion. There's room for enlargement of influence over your life. You know, testimonies are incredibly powerful. Nobody can argue with your testimony. It is your story. It is your experience. Your testimony has power. Your testimony has influence over people's lives. God says he wants to enlarge your influence, that through your life, people will be impacted, that there will come increase in all areas over your life. You know, the prosperity preachers, they'll use this and say, yeah, you can enlarge. You can have a property portfolio. You can roll around in your Rolls Royce. You can do this. You can do that. We're not talking about that, friends. But monetary gain may be the reward that God wants to put upon your life if he can trust you. The Bible says if we're faithful in the small things, God will give us increase. Amen. If you're faithful with what you've got now, then expect increase. Because it's all about trust. And this is what people don't understand, that, that um, Jesus talked about this, and you know what he said? He said, if you're not faithful in the small things, the natural things, then how can I entrust you with the true riches of heaven? Can I ask you what the true riches of heaven are? Do you think it's bank accounts that are full? 
of monetary gain. Do you know what the true riches of heaven are? The true riches of heaven is the anointing. The true riches of heaven is the power and influence of God's Spirit through your life. And he's saying, if I can't trust you to do the little things properly, why should I trust you with my power? Why should I trust you with my anointing? And so we've got to realize that the microscope is often on the small things, the little things that we don't think people pay attention to, but God is looking. How do I know that? When he walked into the temple one day, there's a little old lady who's got no husband. She's widowed. She's got nothing. And all these high rollers are rolling through the door, throwing their wads of notes into the offering. She comes in with her last widow's might, and she drops it in the offering. What people didn't realize, it was the last piece of money that she had. She was faithful in the little And Jesus came and made a sermon illustration out of her giving. He said, hey, you guys, you don't understand that she has given all that she has. You've been given off the top of yours, but she's given off everything. She has nothing left. Wow. Faithful in the small things. I believe that God is calling his church to arise and shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, not your neighbor, upon you this morning. God's glory wants to shine and rise on your life. This is, these are the last days. These are the last days that have been prophesied for the last 2,000 years where the signs of the times that Jesus talked about are coming one after the other. The Middle East right now is ready and is positioned for biblical prophecy to come to pass. It's not going to get, pre- it's not going to get prettier. It's going to get more challenging and more difficult as we see God raising up people all over the world to position themselves for history to come to pass, for the words of Jesus in Matthew 24 and 25 to come to pass, as Jesus prophesied of the day that we're living in. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, I want to say this to you today. We need to be praying. Enlarge our territory. Help me to be a person of influence. Help me to be a person of impact. That my life as small as I feel it may be today, that through God, we can do valiantly. We can be strong and courageous like Joshua said and see a life that is surrendered and submitted to God, bringing incredible influence to the world. A mother cries out for influence, greater influence over her family. A business person cries out for greater influence in their business because they can impact, utilizing what God has given to them to grow the kingdom of God, to utilize their resource. Therefore, Lord, don't let me just be small. Enlarge me so that I can have greater impact in the world that we live in. When it comes to ministry, we're all ministers. James, you're in full-time ministry. No, we're all in full-time ministry. Wherever God's placed you, you are in full-time ministry. You have a ministry. Why is that? Because you are a minister of the Spirit. 
You have the Holy Spirit in you. If you are a believer, the Spirit of God resides in you. Therefore, you have the ministry of the Spirit through you. That may not be at the front here at church preaching a sermon, but it's wherever you are on from Monday to Friday that God has positioned you to be his warrior, to be his man and woman of faith, to be that person of influence because your territory is growing. You are enlarging. You are receiving influence. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Your influence is growing from day to day as you submit and surrender to the ways of God in your life today. Some of us, say, some of us are saying, Father, you, please don't give me any more. I'm maxed out. I can't take another day. You ever been to that place where you feel you've hit the ceiling? Friends, if that's you today, I want to tell you that God has something for you this morning. Because your ceiling, wherever you are today, that's not where God wants you to stop. Oh no. It's time. It's time for us to realign in order for God's blessing to enlarge over our life. Wherever you are today, there is more. Because you serve a God of more who does exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or even imagine is the power of God for your life this morning. You see, this is, this is the problem that we have. We often live by our own math. What do I mean by that? We assign our territory like this. We say that my assigned territory equals my abilities plus the experience that I've gained in life. I might have had a bit of training thrown in there. That's going to help me grow my territory. And I do have a personality. My personality somehow has got to add into that. It's not quite blank, but it's, you know, it's growing. And then my appearance may, my appearance may gain territory for me. Plenty of people use their appearance for greater influence. And then my past experiences. And we say this will equal my assigned territory. Something's got to change if that's the way that you're thinking about how your influence is going to add up in this world. That's all natural stuff, friends. Did you know that every person that God used in the Bible, they have a different maths equation for their life? This is what their equation looks like. My willingness plus my weakness. My willingness plus my weakness with God's will and his supernatural power added in equals my assigned territory. Come on. Let's swap the equation this morning. We're thinking the wrong math. We're thinking the wrong equation today. We're thinking in the natural that we can only have this amount of territory because we've only got this, this, and this. And I don't have a lot of the things in the natural to add. Well, God takes those that think they are not to make something that they are. He doesn't choose many mighty, many noble. Did you know that? God doesn't call many mighty, many noble in the flesh. He calls those who are not to confound the wisdom of this world. 
He calls those that know they don't have a lot, but because they're willing in the day of his power, he can work through their life. He calls the Gideons, the least of the least, the one who is the youngest and the least. He was the, he was the runt of the litter. He calls the, the Gideons to defeat an army that the Bible says was like the sand on the seashore without number. Wow. Don't let your pedigree, your upbringing, don't let your education or lack of education define your influence today. Your influence is not to be defined by the natural things that you have against your life, but the supernatural God that you serve, Jesus Christ of Nazareth today. Isaiah 54, the prophet quotes, Sing, O barren. What do you mean? I'm barren. i got nothing to sing about. Lord, don't you see my life? It's empty. It's barren. And God prophesies over the children of Israel who are barren like a wasteland, like a desert, because they've been disobedient. And then he says, I'm going to change and turn the tables. And I'm going to turn your mourning into dancing. I'm going to turn your sorrow into joy. Even though you're barren today, I'm going to cause you to sing over that condition in your life where you feel it's empty, wasted, and barren. And I'm going to turn your barrenness into fruitfulness. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. How can this be? How can this be? How can this be? The doctors will tell you this cannot be. But the Spirit of the Lord will tell you that the barren can produce. That fruitfulness will result in your life if you're prepared by faith to put your trust in the living God and sing over your barrenness. Then he brings us to the cry of Jabez. Isaiah has clocked in through the Holy Spirit and they're singing the same hymn sheet. And he says, enlarge the place of your tent. Get ready for expanding influence. Get ready for growth. Get ready for maximizing what God wants to put in and through your life. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes because multiplication is about to happen over your life. You might have only been living by addition to this point, but when God multiplies, when God... Listen, friends, we, we need to stop setting our theology to our circumstances. Come on, where are you getting your theology from? It's got to be in this book. It's got to be in the Word of God. So often we're barren for so long that we no longer believe the promises of God's Word and God has to give us a switch up. God has to bring us back to the truth. What are you building your life on, the rock or sinking sand? When the trials come and the heat comes on your life, you will find out how you're building. If you're building on sinking sand, that's it. You fall to pieces in the midst of the storm. But if you're building your life on the rock, the promises of God's Word, you will find that nothing, we shall not, we shall not be moved in the name of Jesus Christ. And he says here, do not spare Get out of your poverty mentality. Well, Pastor James, you don't know me. I'm just little old Sally, and I don't really have much. 
And I can't really, do, I've never really done anything for God, you know, Pastor James. That's for the people who are full of faith and power. And that's not me, I'm just full of paste and flour. <laughs> Typical Māori thinking of doughboys as soon as I mention flour. Oh my gosh, soon we'll be having a boil up for lunch. <laughs> For you shall expand. Did you hear that? He says, don't spare. You shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants, not just you, but those that come after you, will inherit the nations and make desert cities inhabited. I was talking to you about we so often, we so often... We believe a theology that's based on our circumstance. If we haven't seen it, then we won't believe it. And we won't, we won't believe it won't happen. Did you know in the book of Acts that whole cities were saved? You need to read your Bible, folks. Whole towns and whole cities came under the conviction of the Holy Spirit under the early apostles, and they were all saved. That's what I call true revival. If it can happen then, my God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's adjust our theology and understand that there is something more. There is something of enlargement. There's something of influence. There's something that God wants to maximize through our life. Give the Lord a hand today. You know, Isaiah 62, a few chapters down the way, the prophet says this, go through, go through the gates. Don't just stand there and go, oh, there's a nice little gate. <laughs> oh, it's open. I wonder if I should walk through. <laughs> when God opens the doors that no man can shut, it's time for us to walk through, friends. Go through. Go through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Be a forerunner. Be one of those first guys that's prepared to run through the gap when God opens the door. Don't be one that just holds off. God's opening gates. He's opening doors. And so often our radar's not on. We're switched off. We're on holiday. Nobody's home. And the gates are open, and you don't see the opportunity. It's time to see fresh opportunities by the Holy Spirit. It's time for us to see through a God set of eyes of what is possible in the name of Jesus this morning. Whew. Build up the highway. Take out the stones. In other words, what you're doing is that you're being a forerunner. You're preparing the way so others don't get stony bruises on the bottom of their feet. You're going through, you're being a leader, not a follower. You're taking charge. You're looking for the opportunities of enlargement and influence, ready to take it by the scruff of the neck, not in your own strength, not by might, nor by power, human strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And the Holy Spirit begins to nudge you. Be nudged. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit begins to move in your spirit. Allow him to move in your spirit. If he says to you, I want you to spend an extra 15 minutes in my presence, be obedient. 
come into the presence of the Lord. Allow his presence to saturate your life. Did you know that Moses was a great leader? But do you know why Joshua became a great leader? Because a long way after Moses left the tabernacle, the Bible says that Joshua lingered in the presence of God. He lingered in the presence of God. He stayed and did overtime in the presence of God because it wasn't overtime for him. He loved being in the presence. He loved being in that place of prayer. He loved being under the anointing. So I ain't going nowhere, Lord. I'm just staying here under the glory cloud, saturating my life with your anointing and your presence. It's what we do in private that will eventually cause what we do in public to be a success or a failure. Wow. Holy Spirit's really speaking this morning. I can feel the double-edged sword of the Lord touching our spirit and our heart today. You know, God took Abraham up to a mountain. After Abraham, his name was Abraham then, but he, he gave his nephew Lot first opportunity. They stood on the mountain and they were looking at dividing the inheritance of the land. And Lot made his choice. Bad choice. Bad choice. Did you know that, friends, did you know that even before Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says that he pitched his tent towards Sodom? In other words, there was something in Lot of the pull of the world that drew him to that place where eventually he had to be rescued because the place was absolutely, it was sin city. And Lot had a drawing. He had allowed his flesh to be drawn back into that sin city of Sodom. And he'd made his choice. He made his inheritance. But Abraham's standing there, and this is what the Lord says to him in Genesis 13, verse 14. Now the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look for the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. All the land that you see, what are you seeing in your spirit today? What are you seeing about what, how God wants to work through your life? What are you seeing of the inheritance that he's granted to you? What are you grabbing a hold of in your life today that's going to cause you to become that person of influence and enlarged territory? Because God's just about to absolutely explode in Abraham's life. And he points to the four courses of the compass and he's standing on the mountain. He's saying, as far as you can see to the north, as far as you can see to the south, as far as you can see to the east, as far as you can see to the west, Abraham, I'm giving to you. As far as you can see, you can have. What are you seeing? Have we become spiritually short-sighted? We're not carrying any vision. We're not carrying any anticipation in our spirit. When it comes to the future, there's a big blank sitting next to your name. You're existing from day to day within your life. 
when you have this incredible calling of the king of all kings over your life, where Jabez, who had the worst of starts, turns his life around, the one who's called a pain from being a child, is suddenly praying for God's blessing on his life. He's suddenly praying for enlargement of territory. He's suddenly praying that he won't be used as a pawn for evil, that he won't be used to harm other people's lives. He's suddenly praying that the hand of God is going to be upon his life. And God granted him his request. What are you requesting today? Have your prayers become weak and insipid? Do they ever include how God may want to use you in the days that are coming ahead? Because whatever you're carrying in your heart today, multiply it by a thousand times, and now you might be getting near to how God wants to use you in the future. I think it's time for us to put on a God set of glasses and start looking through the lenses of the Holy Spirit's vision and voice for our lives to realize he's about to do something exceedingly abundant above all that you could ask or imagine. I want to encourage you to sit down and begin to imagine what does imagine mean? It means that you'll break the boundaries of your mind. Those things that have boxed your thinking in all these years. Maybe it was the way you were raised. Maybe you were a victim in your former years. I don't know what it is, but those boundaries have boxed you in. And it's time to break out and break off the boundaries of the former things. Because God's about to do a new thing. Is there anyone with me this morning? You know, there's a great illustration in the movie Walk the Line. How many saw Walk the Line? Oh, well, let me remind you, it's Johnny Cash, the story of Johnny Cash's life. You know, Johnny Cash was a salesman for a number of years. He had this incredible musical gift within his life. And he never made it into the recording industry until he was a lot older. And one day he got the opportunity with his little band, his little two-piece band, guitar and a double bass, and Johnny on the acoustic. And they go into the recording studio. He's finally got an opportunity to enlarge his influence in the music industry, to get a break. And he begins to sing this song, and the producer's in the studio, and he's looking at him with this blank look on the face. Thank you, Lord, for the day that you saved me. I've got deep peace within, deep peace within. And this song, you ought to see it on the movie. It's worse than me. It's worse than me. <laughs> and he sings the song and the producer's going cross-eyed looking at him. He says, stop, stop, stop. Is that all you got? I feel the Holy Spirit saying, is that all you got? Is that all you got? Johnny Cash says, staunches up, says, what do you mean? He says, he 
says, I've heard the same old song. This is the same old tune. This is the stuff that's been around for years and years. Don't you have anything? Don't you have anything new, anything alive? He says, what do you mean? Do you think I don't believe in God? You should see the scene. It's incredible. Johnny Cash, he comes out fighting. Are you saying I don't believe in God, man? <laughs> don't think he had the man bit in there, but it was close. He says, listen. Listen, Johnny, he said, that's not what I'm talking about. And then he says this. Listen to this. The producer says this. He said, if you got hit by a car and you're lying in the gutter and you know you only have a short time to live, is this the song that you would sing before you give up your last breath? If you had one chance to sing one song, one song, one last opportunity, you mean to tell me this is the song that you would sing? He says, so have you got anything else? And suddenly Johnny Cash unveils the song that he's just been playing around with at home, Slow Train Coming, which became a number one mega hit song. And he begins to sing it to the producer and the producer gives him a contract. You see, friends, we can just be like that. I want to ask you, is this the song? Is this the song that you want to come out of your life? The song that you're singing right now? Or is there something else? Is there something more that God has? in store for you. Could we stand to our feet?